0: What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Performance Society podcast. I'm your host, Coach B. In this podcast, we'll be talking to coaches, professional athletes, and other fitness professionals about their training, personal stories, and how sports have impacted their lives. In this podcast, we'll talk about their successes, their failures, and their evolution as overall professional. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, we have Chris Mohay. He is a certified strength and conditioning coach, powerlifting coach, Olympic weightlifting coach, and personal trainer. He's also a certified nutritionist who is a former athlete turned marine, now master trainer. Uh, he's going to take us through his journey from high school athletics to the Marine Corps, and now what he's doing now and his specific clientele that he works with. I hope you guys enjoy his story. Today I'm here with Chris. He's going to take us through his fitness journey.
1: Uh, He's going to take us from his track and field career in high school into the Marines, and he got the Marines, and now, you know, as a master trainer, and how he found his niche in the fitness world. Uh, Chris, if you can start us off, when you first started getting into fitness and athletics, that'd be awesome.
2: Yeah, um, so I kind of grew up as an athlete my entire life. Started off with boxing. I participated in. Club track all the way up through high school and some, and then played football since fourth grade till senior year of high school. Okay, and uh, I ended up just joining the uh, Marines because I during that spot I was kind of lost. I didn't necessarily know what I wanted, what I wanted to do in life. So I knew I didn't want to go to school at the time, so I decided just to see what I can. What I can push through, and the Marine Corps seemed like the biggest challenge at the time. So, so I did. Well, let's, go, let's
1: go back to let's go back to high school. And you, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know you started boxing, bro. That, that's awesome. I didn't know you were a boxer.
2: Yeah, um, started uh, and then, when I was uh, four.
1: <laughs> and, and then I remember you saying uh, back in the day when we had the conversation, uh, you you ran ten six, which you know I work at Division One University. If you would have run ten six back in the day, or now you'd be offered a scholarship. Uh, I was trying to figure out, you know, with with that time, like you didn't think about going to college. You were just like over school and Marines was the best best route for you.
2: Well, at the time, I was, you know, like things for me at home weren't exactly the best,
0: okay. and so I
2: just wanted okay. to kind of get out, like get like out of everything. And I don't know, I just didn't feel the the drive to go to school anymore. And I did love running. And actually, so the 100-meter dash and and the long jump were my two main events. Um, But I I don't know. I just, like, when I actually got the chance to go out on a tour with the campuses and stuff, it just, nothing really uh, stood out enough for me. And not to mention back then, I was also a very high-risk student Um, cause I, I got into a lot of trouble with the law and stuff. So back then I know a lot of the, uh, scouts and like some of the coaches I was talking to were, uh, thinking about having me sign, uh, like a behavioral contract or something like that. Yeah. And that didn't necessarily sit well with me. So I I decided just to
1: yeah, well, said you were just at the age where you were like, you know, no one can tell me anything, I'm grown, and yeah. I'm going to do what's best for me.
2: Yeah, when you uh, think you know the entire world, you
1: know? Yeah, we <laughs> <you> all <laughs> go through that.
2: So yeah. what attracted you to to join the
1: Marine Corps out of all the branches of, you know, the military?
2: Well, originally, I was actually going to join the Air Force. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, cause I wanted to be uh, what they call it, a Greenfoot, so that's a, that's a pararescue jumper. and yeah so I wanted to do that but the recruiter I had at the time just kept messing like messing around not necessarily like pushing me to like so I had a lot of questions like okay what do I need to do to make sure that you know I can qualify for the schools past just basic training and whatever specialty schools because I wanted to make sure that I was properly prepared and so then I went to the army and I spoke to them and it was a lot of uh, almost like false promises that were—I I shouldn't say false promises. It was more like, kind of like the whole spiel, like, "Oh, you can get to travel the world. You can you get free school. You you know you, you get to be you get to wear a uniform and whatever. Like all these other things, just to kind of like fluff it up to make it better. But that was yeah, basically that so trying be, to sell you. Yeah, exactly. And I just I wasn't feeling it. And I was waiting outside the door of the Naval Recruiting Office, but no one was there. And then at that time, there was a Marine recruiter going into the office. And he was. And he was that's when he turned to me and was like, are you thinking about enlisting in the Navy? And I just told him, I'm like, you know, I'm just kind of seeing what options I have after high school. And he was like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll break down everything everyone offers. Everyone gets free school. You're probably gonna travel at every single branch, doesn't matter what you go through. You're gonna get free food, you can get free housing, you're gonna get paid for it. So it doesn't matter what branch you go into. Now, if you want people to actually respect you and and earn an actual title that it take that that it takes for, for you to elevate yourself. Come in. Oh,
1: okay, you got you. Challenged you.
2: Yeah, exactly. So kind of fed it to the competition side of me. So I was like, okay, cool. So that's when I decided to enlist. And I left, uh, it's like six days after I graduated high school. And that's when I started my military career. What was your uh, job in in
1: the Marines? Was it the same job that you wanted in the Air Force?
2: No. Uh, So I started off. I was in O three eleven, so it's an infantryman. Um, but because I was sent to a small reconnaissance unit, and so we were, I was with LAR, and since you know our teams, we work in teams that are significantly smaller. I had to go through something that's called a DM school. So it's um, what does that stand for? A designated marksman. Okay. Yeah. So it's because um, it, we have guardian posts. So anytime we're out and about, like, so if we're going to be patrolling around, like, a bigger town or a bigger city, you want someone that has an overview site of the majority of points. So that way, if someone's trying to escape or if things are about to happen, you can kind of call out ahead. So okay. it's almost the best, closest thing I could describe it to is, like, a sniper. Oh, wow. You were in, yeah. It, in it. Yeah. So that's what I did uh during my uh, both of my times in Afghanistan um and i was right after my first deployment where i was like you know i want i want more so i i spoke to a screener which is uh kind of like a career counselor um mm-hmm. and to see what my options were because i like you can reenlist pretty pretty early out so i was like you know i want to but i don't want to be an 0311 anymore i want to i want to I become a raider so that's like um uh, it's, it's part of MARSOC, which is like our version of like special forces, special operations. Okay. So one of these special um, forces. Yeah, always. Okay. Yeah. And I decided to, um, pursue that. And I got, I got accepted to go through the indoctrination period. I passed the indoctrination period. I passed, uh, the first two trials, which is something that's called MART. Um, and cause I already gone to DM school, uh, I got to kind of go through like an accelerated course for snipers, for sniper course, And then the agreement was that I was going to re enlist when I was deployed, um, when I was deployed in Afghanistan for my second time because uh, I was still too far away from my, from my EAS date, which was my exit date to actually okay. enlist. And so I decided just to, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll enlist in Afghanistan. I'll enlist and I'll re-enlist in January and we'll, and we'll be good. So that way I, c- I can complete the rest of the training. So mm-hmm. when I deployed, um, the second time I re- did an operation and unfortunately, uh, during the operation is actually when I received my injuries and I was, um, sent back to Germany for about two weeks. Um, well, what were your injuries? Do you want to talk about that? Do you want to pass on that? Yeah, no, no, no it, it's fine. So I, could, I could, talk about that. Um, so the, I mean, we kind of had a saying when you're deployed, you're not really deployed unless you've been hit twice with an IED, you know. So it's okay. like an explosion. Um, mm-hmm. so uh, unfortunately, one of those IEDs uh, is what got me. So I ended up, we were in, we were in a town. And an IED went off and I unfortunately received, uh, most of it was a, more of like a percussive blast that ended up having me go through a grade three concussion. So I was having some like slight, I guess, it's brain matter c- coming out of my nose.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but I had 11 pieces of shrapnel actually go through, go through my body. And, um, upon of me trying to get out but I was just trying to crawl away. I was, I was lit on fire, which is why I have a lot of discoloration sc- in my skin. So I, I, was, I, have a, I had a bunch of third-degree burns, and that, that covers about a third of my body. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's some realness right there. So after, after your injuries, after all this, you were sent to Germany, and then from Germany, what happened?
2: Uh, from Germany, I... I ended up going onto a med board, um, which is kind of like what to see if you're able to stay in and perform the duties that you were doing before or if, you know, you're going to be medically retired. And I fought tooth and nails because I want, I mean, when you're 17, you know, at the time, you don't necessarily know what you wanted, but then once I actually was in, I fell in love with the Corps to the point where it's like, I'm a Marine. I love it. I wasn't because mm-hmm. like my my whole force I was like okay, I'm gonna be in this for twenty years. Um I'm gonna retire. It'll be great. Uh never once did it actually occur to me that I was gonna get hurt. And so my whole identity was actually wrapped around being a Marine. Okay. So when so when my So when my exo, my, um, which is like our, I guess the closest thing I could say is like our supervisor, uh, walk up to me. Yeah. Like walks up to me and tells me that I'm going to, I'm more than likely going to be medically retired. What are some of the steps I'm going to take? And I request mass just to see what I can do to stay in. So that's like requesting mass would be, you're going to the very, very top, like of the chain to rebuttal something. And their agreement was if I could run, if I could just pass our PFT within a nine-month span, I could stay in. Mm -hmm. So I was was like, okay. And our PFT was, you know, it's pull-ups, crunches, and just a three-mile run. And just the bare minimum to pass was uh, three pull-ups, 40, I think it was like 40 crunches in two minutes. and a 27 minute, uh, three, three mile run. Okay. And I was able to do the pull ups. I barely able, like, I was barely able to pass with the crunches. But with the run, uh, I, I think I was, I ran like 35 minutes, or so I ran, I mean, it was mostly walked just because it, it hurt so bad for me just to move. Oh, so man. unfortunately, I was medically retired from that point on.
1: Did they send you to rehab? Or are you still going to rehab? Like, how long ago was this from today?
2: Yeah, uh, this was in 2020, so like eight years ago, nine years ago. Okay. Yeah, and cool. I did physical therapy through the VA. Did not like it. And, uh... Yeah. hmm no, Go ahead. Uh Yeah, I I did, I did not like it, and that's actually when I decided to... Start looking what else I can do, and that's when I started learning about like corrective exercise and things like that. Other things I could be doing to help strengthen up myself and like isometric training, and um, and that's actually when I decided to go into Gold's Gym in Huntington at the time, and where I met you. You helped, helped me out a lot, especially back then. Yeah, man.
1: that's crazy how you know life works. Like you were in the Marines, you know, obviously you can't participate anymore in what you loved and what you wanted to do and then you found a new passion and a new love because I remember in our training sessions you would ask a lot of questions and you know I would say you should probably read these books and if you're interested in doing this you should do this but I didn't know that you were still going through everything that you were going through and now you know I'm following you on you know Instagram and social media and stuff man I I see you out there killing and teaching your clients and, and you have these you know, V-Vlogs and everything like that, it, it's, it's exciting, man, to see from where you were to where you are now. That's, that's a huge transformation and I'm happy for you. So leading from all this, from the Marines, you know, do your personal training and find your passion through there. Um, obviously you found your passion because you didn't like the VA training. So you wanted to learn more about it. So maybe you can kind of do it yourself. Right. So, um, how did you what what training certifications did you look into? What do you have now? Um how did you get into personal training? Where did you start?
2: Um, well, I started looking at all, after all these uh like accredited uh school or like institutions. So like I just literally typed in Google what is a personal training certification, you know? And mm-hmm. um so like the like the big five popped up. So it was like you know like NASM, ACSM, NSCA, uh, ISSA, and uh, ACE or I Nesta. Mean, one of the, one of those popped yeah. up. And I was just reading. I'm like, okay, well I'm just starting. What? And then I just kind of read the brief overview of it of everyone. Kind of found out they all kind of teach the same things. They just specialize in something a little different. So I decided to go with the NSCA uh CPT and I took advantage of the catalog library that they have when it comes to like the studies and all the meta analysis that they have there. Um okay. And then I kind of figured I'm like, you know what? I-, I fell in love more with like the strength element to it. Mm-hmm. So I ended up uh like meeting some powerlifters and some strong men and work actually working with them originally at first. And so I got my USAP, my USPA certification for like powerlifting coaching. And, and then I realized that a lot of my guys have mobility issues. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, what can I do to fix that? I learned and I became, and I got my C, my CES, my corrective exercise specialist through, through NASM. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I started getting a couple of people that were having trouble losing weight. Um, but I know legally speaking, I couldn't give out any nutritional plans or anything like that. So I decided to actually take a course at school and I became a licensed nutritionist. Oh, dope. Yeah. So that way I can, I can make that work because, uh, you know, these are my clients. I wanted to make sure that I can give them everything that I possibly can to help as long as, long as it's within my scope of practice. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I decided. And then from there, is actually when I noticed that nutrition plays a much larger role than I actually, at, you know, first thought. Because growing up, I mean, I kind of, you know, we eat whatever our parents give us. We don't necessarily know what's bad or what's good. And then, yeah, from there, I went to the Marines and the Marines, I mean, I ate whatever they had at the So <laughs> I never yeah. really, I never took the time to really ner- learn about nutrition. And then when I actually started going to school for, college, for Excel at the time, um, I was going for my master's in extra science and I had to, and I had to take a nutrition course. And I was like, wow, and I literally knew nothing about nutrition. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so I, I just started crazy. doing that. And then, yeah, you know, it's like a, a carb's a carb, right? I didn't you know, you know. Starch, non starchy, fibrous, and all this other stuff. And like how, and how, uh, how it, if what the forms actually change when it comes to like your proteins, your carbs, your fats, and how, how those chain links actually meet up at different areas in your body and how digestion works and why that's important. So when I actually went to school and learned all that, I was like, wow, cool. Now I know. <laughs>
1: You finally found. You finally found what you were interested in, because you know, uh, two years prior to that, you were really not interested in school, right? So,
2: I guess you know, yeah, that's great that
1: you like, found your way.
2: Yeah, it's funny because like now I go like I go to seminars quite frequently, whether it's like a self improvement course or it's like when the NSCA is doing something for like, especially early in my my training career. I was going to a lot of like tactical like like tactical tactical conditioning uh, seminars and then I started going to like strength seminars. I even went to a seminar where all we talked about was like squatting and like how like the differences in like the different types of squats that you can do when it comes to like a low bar, high bar, when like what's possible depending on the person's stance and stuff like that. So it was just Learning that way for me was a lot better. And then when I actually went back to school to get my degree, it was, um, I think it's because I actually got a choice in the things I wanted to learn about, minus a couple of the general education stuff. But like, Mm -hmm. I actually enjoyed it. And it it helped the fact that some of my professors actually ended up uh, taking their time to like teach me things that I would never have thought of before, especially like, uh, like biomechanics. That was a hard, hard. Yeah.
1: <laughs> biomechanics so, is not easy.
2: Yeah. No, that, oh man, that was tough. And then because at the time I was thinking about going into uh physical therapy and, um, so I took an organic chemistry course and I thought that course was going to eat me alive because it was, yeah, it was not fun.
1: Do. So I notice on Instagram you're you're involved in a lot of different things. You uh, have your vlogs about nutrition. You have uh, your in-home personal clients. You have gym clients. You have online clients. You uh, are involved in powerlifting nights. Um, just how how did you get involved with all that? Is is that your background? Because you started in powerlifting, you got involved in those those night lifts, and then. As far as your client base, you just kind of built that through, you know, social media. How, how did you start building your client base?
2: Well, okay, so how I started building my client base was, well, uh, first job I ever worked was LA Fitness, and oh, uh, nice. yeah, so they just kind of fed me clients, and I trained them as I went. Didn't like that, because for me, I still need to put food on the table, and LA Fitness did not pay enough for me to stay there, so I left. And I went to Gold's and Gold's was the first time where I had to sell myself for the first, you know, the very first time. So my biggest secret was I was trying to say hi to every single member in the gym. Like it wouldn't matter if they're on the treadmill if I actually met them before or not. If I see someone like crushing it, oh, if I knew their name, I, I would, you know, I would congratulate them like after they were done. If they're on the treadmill, I would go up and say, hey, what's up? Just want to see how you were doing. Do you need a towel? Or, you know, just be friendly. Um, and about after a month of me doing that, I started getting people asking, you know, uh, me, like me training questions about, and like, hey, you know, I want to build my chest or I'm thinking about uh, I want to grow my triceps or my glutes or whatever. And then I, I was actually able to sit them down. And. I started building a clientele base from there because I took the time to actually educate that very briefly, just like what what they were doing may or may not be wrong, but it probably wasn't optimal for their goals of what they wanted. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I would make sure, sh- I would run through smart with them all the time, you know, it was like specific, measurable, uh attainable, realistic and time. So yeah, I would sure. Yeah, so I would run all that with them, and um, that's originally how I started building my clientele, and then I went private. When I first hit up Irvine, um, I actually got, a, I ended up being able to work with a lot, a lot of like military, police, and fire, which is something I wanted to do from the get-go because I knew that those were technically my people, you know, like so yeah. I can relate. So sure. I, I ended up being able to help a lot of guys, like hey. I'll, I'm trying to go for the seals. Did he help me get in shape to make sure I can survive Hell week? Sure. Or some of guys that want to go through MAR or PJ score stuff like that, I would help them make sure that they're mentally and physically ready for that. Um, yeah. And then I went to Costa Mesa uh, at a gym out there, and I went to my first comic convention. <laughs> and <laughs> from there, yeah. From there it was a very different demographic for me cause, uh you know, I cosplayed as Vegeta, right? Like yeah. it was the reason why I started lifting, like, to begin okay. with, like back in the day.
1: Okay, um, so hold on. So you built a clientele in the gym by talking to people. You had your other gym and it was very easy for you because you got police and firefighters and people who wanted to be a part of the military and that was your background. And yeah. then you moved to Costa Mesa, you started going to anime expos. Right, and mm-hmm. now you have a very specific clientele. I've never seen anybody have this type of clientele until I saw you, and this is what <laughs> the most interesting part is I was like, whoa, was like people really want to look like comic book characters. Can you explain to people what cosplay is and you know how you got involved in that?
2: Yeah, so uh cosplay is just taking someone from a fantasy, whether it's like uh from like books, comics, anime, manga, whatever lore. You know they're they're really into it and bringing it to life. So it's like it's like Halloween, but all you know all year round. But it's like <laughs> a lot of these people actually embrace that they'll reenact their voices and like their mannerisms and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, it it was very interesting, especially my first time out because I had no idea what to expect. So I was like, hey, you know what? I love comics. I love anime. Why not? So I went to one and. I was shocked about the amount of people that were into at least I thought I did a bad job on it, but I was happy on my fan armor that I had made and people were like, dude, you actually work out. This isn't like a like like a foam suit. I'm like, Yeah, I mean it <laughs> you know, worked out, dedication, uh it just takes time and consistency and then from there because I, and like at first I kinda got some hate and it was more just because they're like, oh, he's probably just coming here to try to make fun of us. Not necessarily, like, he's probably not actually a part of, like, this nerd community, you know? And I'm like, yeah. bro, test me. test me, Let's go. And a few of them did. And I ended up just, they were surprised. And just <laughs> being out and talking to a few people. And because, like, a lot of people in that area tend to be a little bit more shy, a little bit more, like, like, in, like introverted.
1: In the anime
2: world? Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: And, but it it was it was cool though because like after they got to know me and then they started following me on Instagram, they would start hitting me up and like, Hey, you know, I, I met you back at the anime expo or back at WonderCon, Long Beach Comic Con, whatever. Um and I was wondering if you could, you know, help me out and start getting in shape. Like, Yeah. And like but the issue is that I actually live in Florida. I'm like, oh well, I've never done online training before but we can see if that works. And that's when I started doing my whole online training as well. Because all of these people that go to these conventions aren't necessarily from here. And yeah. um uh, after these guys uh these people started like reposting me on like Instagram as when a lot of other cosplayers would reach out. Like the ones that are from like Orange County, LA area would hit me up just to come train with me. Because like, hey, I need to be ready in you know three or four months. I need to make sure i, I look as close to the, as closely as possible to you know this person. I'm like, okay, cool. let's do it yeah. what
1: are your, some what are some of your clients that you have now that are they're very die hard into the cosplay, and who do you see like on the regular what 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 character do they want to portray the most
2: uh, well, as of late. Uh, there's someone named Maki, and she's from an anime called Fire Force, and she's like this jacked, like firefighter, fire wizard type, of, type of girl. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like that's probably like the number one, I, I get or I'll get, um, at, or like more classic ones that people can kind of wear, almost all year round is, um, lust. From uh from full Metal alchemist. Okay. So yeah. And then when it comes I don't to know anime, I know nothing about anime, so yeah. I okay. I'm, I'm asking questions. <laughs> I'm asking questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, those are probably the most I get. Or like uh Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Um I've gotten a few guys I want to look like Nightwing. But you know, like he was a Robin but decided to grow up. So uh, yeah, those are probably the most recommended that I get. Oh, actually, I take that back. The most recommended from guys that I get, and that's just because the movie came out not too long ago, was uh, is Broly. And, I, and unfortunately, I had to shut that down almost immediately because I'm like, guys, you want to look like Broly? Uh, we're going to be training for the next 10 to 15 years. That's, that's a <laughs> well, lot put on of... Muscle. 100 pounds? Yeah, you know, like, that's a lot of muscle. <laughs>
1: You know, so uh, and where can where can people find you on Instagram? What's your Instagram handle, and how can they find you and 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 see the type of training you're doing and check out your well, clientele? Uh,
2: yeah, um, my Instagram is Chris Monhe underscore. Um, that's kind of like my Twitter, my uh, well, my Facebook's gonna be changing a different handle, but you can find me under Chris Monhe. Um, and I just started up a YouTube channel, so. That'll be under Hideout Fitness, and as well as under Chris Monet. Uh, since I just have a plethora of cosplayers and stuff like that, I decided just to run with it, and I created a new brand called Hideout.
1: Okay, and that leads what? us to you know your next venture. Yeah, you know you want to talk about that. So what do you have planned going on here in the next year? And I know it's a crazy time right now with the coronavirus, but I know you're still working on some things. You've got some things in play. Um, do you want to share with our listeners what you have going on?
2: Yeah. Um, I got some big plans. Uh, one of them I can't talk about quite yet, but okay. um, another one is that uh, I'm building up my brand, well, my new brand, Hideout. And uh, our whole thing was that um, it's cool to like love the people that you're reading about or watching, but... there there tends to be a giant disconnect where it's like, oh, I really like this person because, you know, he's he or she is really strong, outgoing, or whatever. But if those are the characteristics that you're really going for, you should, I almost feel like you should be like that person. You know, because, like, unfortunately, like, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I want to get Jack, like, you know, like, take, like, Henry Cavill, for instance, the guy that plays Superman in the movies. Like, Mm -hmm. but I don't know where to start, you know? So like our whole thing is to teach people how to be their own hero, be the hero of their own story.
1: Nice.
2: Yeah. And so branching out from that, that's why we're creating a YouTube. We have that Hideout. Also have the page, uh, the Instagram page at uh, Hideout Hits on Instagram. Um, and we're looking into opening up our first facility in like oh, the Costa Mesa
1: urban area. That'd be sick. You know I'm going to be there as soon as you do that.
2: Oh, yeah. It's going to be... It's a fun time. It's going to be uh shoot up hero and villain-based. So it would be fun.
1: Oh, man. I can't wait to see the walls, the paintings, the design of that. It's going to be so sick.
2: Yeah. That's something else we're interviewing for as artists. So
1: Oh. Well, I'll reach out to some people I know see if we can get it get cracking.
2: Yeah, because I can draw, but I can't paint with a. Anything. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> well, I guess we'll figure it out. But, yeah, man, thanks for sharing your story and your business and everything that's going on, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with me and, and sharing all that stuff.
0: So, I appreciate you. Just want to thank my guests again, Chris Mohey. You guys can follow him on Instagram and check out his story and see what he's all about. Um, he uploads workouts, does a lot of online training as well. It's Chris Mohe underscore on Instagram. You can also check out his business page, which is Hideout underscore Hit. Thanks for listening. I'm out.